Welcome to Brand Story Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Welcome back to Brand Story Inc. and the launch of our Future of Sports content series, which will run over the next two months. We're starting off with the future of women's sports content, and I'm thrilled to have the, as in capital T-H-E, most influential person involved in furthering women's sports media over the past three decades, and that is Carol Stiff. Carol spent 31 years at ESPN, where she recently left her reign as VP of Women's Sports Programming and Acquisitions. There, at the Worldwide Leader, she was responsible for all streamed and live women's sporting events in the relationships with the likes of the NCAA, WNBA, Olympics, pro softball, and NBA, to name a few. She was the primary person responsible for expanding the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship from 24 games in 1996 to, as of 2021, all 63 games being on ESPN, and she helped secure the Final Four being on the mothership ESPN. I got to know Carol through our company's work with USA Softball back in 2004 when we did the Aiming for Athens tour on ESPN and ESPN2, which turned out to be a rating success and helped give Carol the ratings data she needed to help lead the expansion of NCAA women's softball on ESPN. Nationally recognized television sports executive credited with advancing the growth of women's sports at the collegiate and professional level through innovative linear digital and streaming program collaborative partnerships, and tireless advocacy. Carol is a 2021 Women's Basketball Hall of Fame inductee and a recipient of the 2021 Naismith Lifetime Achievement Award, as well as an Edward R. Morrow Award winner. That is a really big deal, as those of you in the media world know. She's a frequent industry panelist. Her relationships run deep throughout the sports media universe. And today she runs Stiff Sports Media Consulting and is an advisor to C-level execs on growth strategies in media. Carol was just named an advisor to the newly announced Women's Sports Network, which launches in June of 2022. Well, Carol, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with the big news of the week as we record this in uh, early February of 2022. The big news of the week in women's sports media, the announcement of the Women's Sports Network launching in June and a network that you're advising. So I'd love to hear the vision and your role and your aspirations with this venture. Well, this is um, fabulous timing uh, as as we you know hear about the WNBA uh, last night. But as you read my bio, uh, my life, my whole history has been in accelerating the growth of women's sports and looking for any opportunity we can, you know, pounce on. And uh, I got a call from uh, Fast Studios out of L.A., Mm -hmm. Uh, didn't know very much about what a Fast Channel was, quickly studied. Uh, They asked me to come on as their advisor and build their advisory team um, and and give them ideas and strategies. So that's my role um, for now. And I've, I've been loving it. Um, the strategy of this Women's Sports Network is to, um, it's out of L.A., by the way, mm-hmm. is to be as, a, a, be as inclusive as possible. Look, as I, I said to the L.A. Times, we're not out to take down ESPN and mm-hmm. their, their wonderful 16,000 hours of women's sports they do you know, annually. We're here to complement what they're doing. So we have no problem promoting the fact that, hey, the second round of the women's tournaments, um, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday and Sunday, turn over there and watch. Um, and, and also, you know, compliment them on all their, like, 
storylines and films and we got those two films that they're going to be producing around title nine and um supporting not only espn but all networks um that that you know showcase women's sports well it's interesting right you just referenced the sixteen thousand hours of, mm. of women's programming at espn and I, i'm not here uh, i'm not saying this to placate you whenever i use mm. your name and, and i talk about it in the industry i I, I have my own moniker for Carol Stiff, which is the most powerful, <laughs> influential woman in sports media. And it's, it, it's true, right? And so I'm curious, having spent 30 plus years dedicating your career uh, to carry the flag for women's sports media, I'm curious, you know, why now? Why did you choose to leave uh, knowing that you, can, you have and continue to create so much influence through such a major media company? Why now? I, the timing is absolutely perfect. You know, I, re, I, I, I retired for ESPN, but I'm not using that R word. I'm using rewiring and, <laughs> and it's been so exciting, you know, coming off the WNBA when they were in the bubble and hearing the voices of those athletes. And then, you know, fast forward to last March when we saw the inequities um, mm -hmm. happen at the women's uh, basketball tournament. Um, and I just feel that it, the time couldn't be any better right now for, for the launch of a network. And what kept me up at, at ESPN, and, and um, I'm getting a little sleep now, but what <laughs> kept me up was the fact that these female athletes are role models. Mm -hmm. They stay in college for four years. They give back to their community. They actually sign autographs before we had an NIL, mm -hmm. but I still think they sign them without an NIL. And I, you know, sweetener, um, they, they're multitaskers They're you know, and they compete as hard as men and they work out as hard as men. Mm -hmm. And none of this is being showcased like it, you know, it could be. Mm -hmm. well, so I think it's time. Well, you know, I do want to do go a little, not to get too reflective, but for some folks that are just tuning into the women's mm -hmm. sports game, right? There's so much news. The WNBA gets the $75 million investment, billion-dollar valuation, all the things that are going on, just women's sports, the women's sports network. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a bubbling up going on. But let's mm -hmm. let's go back, right? Mm -hmm. Year one for mm -hmm. you in, in 1990 at ESPN. Mm -hmm. and, and try to <laughs> encapsulate where we were and where we are. Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, so a history lesson. So uh, he, when I started at, at ESPN, we had ESPN. That was it. Mm -hmm. Period. Punto. We had in ESPN International, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Disney really liked uh, what we had to offer, and then purchased um, mm -hmm. purchased ESPN. That was huge um, for the growth of women's sports. But there were some historical moments along the way. For instance, uh, the the Yukon Tennessee game mm -hmm. uh, going to air in 1995. We put that game. I put that game together. I got Pat Summit to take it, and she was uh, great. And you know, I said, I you know, it was in January. It's Martin Luther King Day. It was in the middle of SEC like mm -hmm. play. And I said, I think that Yukon team is going to be pretty good next year. So <laughs> think about the timing. That game goes to air. It's mm -hmm. a one versus two. The poll is held. 
uh, the New York Times was in at Gamble Pavilion. I've never seen the New York Times there. Mm-hmm. Um, that game goes to air, and they reverse who's one and who's two. UConn goes on to be undefeated. Um, they had the Rebecca Lobo on the team. Her mm-hmm. mother had, um, unfortunately, God rest her soul, um, has left our world as we know it, but, you know, was, was struggling with uh, breast cancer, mm-hmm. and you had Jen Rosati diving after the ball. So that, that was number one. Number two was the 96 Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of know the story behind that now. If they did not win that gold, would we have had the WNBA these last 25 years? Mm. We knew they had to win the gold. Mm-hmm. We had Tara Vanderveer taking a whole year. No, no one's ever done that. A whole year away from her team to coach our USA national team. And the, uh, the storylines there are just unbelievable, which ESPN will showcase in June for the 50th anniversary of Title IX. You know, that's another great story. Title IX um, is 50 years old mm-hmm. this June. That allowed the growth of women's sports and the scholarship, which which I benefited from, frankly. Um, and then on top of all of those two stories was behind the scenes, ESPN was negotiating to get the rights of the women's basketball tournament um, who, who uh, which, which, was, which was on CBS at the time. Mm-hmm. And CBS had had uh, three games, the national semifinals and, of course, the crowning of the champion, without a day of rest. Mm. Oh, mm. my God. Can you imagine? Mm. You have to... <laughs> So, like, Stanford last year would have finished at 8 o'clock on a Saturday and had to turn around and play Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So we went in with a great package, great negotiation that, hey, we're going to showcase uh, the women's basketball tournament. We're going to do more games. And not only that, we like to expand all these other championships, which included some men's, obviously. We did 21 championships yep. in that deal. So there's the perfect storm. And then you have uh, the Diana Taurasi era. Mm-hmm. And I know I know I'm I mean I'm, I know I live here in Connecticut, but you can't shy away from what Diana did. And when she graduated in in '04. Um, the numbers, the ratings, the fact that that many in Sports Center were talking about Diana Taurasi in the newsroom, everyone knew who Diana was, and so that allowed me to go into my management and my executives and ask for a better window than Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and that's where all the women's games landed. Mm. And we were up against the NBA, we were up against golf, we were you know Tiger Woods, we were up against everything, and I'm like. We're never going to grow. We're never going to make Sports Center, mm-hmm. never. So they gave me Monday night, which became Big Monday, mm-hmm. and um, that allowed us to to uh, to showcase women's basketball in some great games. If you look at the history of Big Monday, um, and then just the growth of the women's basketball tournament. Not only women's basketball, but the softball. I put in a regional round. The men had had the super regionals and the women didn't. Yep. It wasn't until UCLA played Arizona on a Monday in the afternoon and Roger Clemens was was on the mound pitching for the, the world championship Yankees at the time and it went into a rain delay which was bleeding into mm. the championship of softball. So I had to call the NCAA and tell them, go ahead and play the game. We're not going to show the score. And you know what? We're going to put it on in prime time. We're mm. going to, I think we had tape. It's Memorial Day Monday, mm-hmm. by the way. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone's home. Mm-hmm. Everyone was home. You're getting ready for work the next day. Outrated Clemens did an unbelievable number. I go back into the same boss and said, look at this number. Look at this. Unbelievable. Can you allow me to look into adding the super regional rounds? Mm-hmm. He goes, if you can figure it out, Carol, go for it. And we did. Yeah. And so looking for those opportunities. I, I, I think, you know, you're hitting on some things there that we're going to further go down. And that, that, that internal champion at ESPN um, where, look, the, you had a great career, but you had headwinds in there, right? I remember, like, just for those listening, and I don't want this to be about me, but our company, how I got to know you was we've been working with um, USA Softball and, you know, I think the Aiming for Athens tour was that we created with you for Jenny oh Finch, right? Like we called, <laughs> called Carol Stiff, who you didn't know, you mm-hmm. know, we, we had a, mm-hmm. a contractual relationship with ESPN at Teamworks Media, but I remember my old business partner, Kevin Krebs, calling you and it was like, you were like, yeah, let's go for it. And we put five mm-hmm. games on and you you went to the hilt for that. And mm-hmm. I remember getting a call from you and being on speakerphone like 2004, right? And you were like, mm-hmm. hey guys, this got like a 0.9 rating with no promotion. Mm-hmm. Like the ratings mm-hmm. were, and, and you you battled to get into prime time. And I remember from there kind of softball just, just taking off. But, you know, you had to use a lot of sweat equity and muscle to, to clear that. Um, and it, it kind of goes into that whole, I want to transition a little bit into that whole debate, right? And I'm sure you're sick of it, but this audience has it. But like that was a perfect example. It's like the if you build it, will they come or the marketing of it, right? Because mm-hmm. this whole notion using that softball example of like there was no promotion. It just popped up and it got great ratings, right? Mm-hmm. And so zero marketing and promotion behind it, it does well. Like, But there's many times where ratings – may not do as well, but then you get in this debate of like, well, they're not being marketed the same way and promoted as the men's sports. And so how do you, I'm curious about that age old chicken egg debate of if you market the women's sports, the way that you do the men, let's take a look at that. And the the flip side of that are many men saying, well, look at the ratings. Like, why would we promote this? Right. And so I'm I'm just, I'm sure you've had this a hundred times, but what's Mm -hmm. your take on that endless chicken egg debate? That's that's exactly what kept me up at night and still keeps me up at night. And the fact that we were told <clears throat> we were measured traditionally the way um, all sports is measured, and I think maybe we should we should look for another methodology, and mm-hmm. um, which I think is is upon us right now in measuring the fan avidity of women's sports versus men's. And I think what we saw last night with the WNBA and, and, and these people stepping up very, very, very influential people stepping up, um, will bring the, the, them to the table where they say, I want to be on in prime time consistently every week to showcase my, my game. And with that comes, our support or mm-hmm. our money, mm-hmm. our finances. We will bring you an advertiser, which is what we're seeing with the women's sports net. Mm-hmm. Advertisers are in, in demand. I think you'll see more of the corporate champions mm-hmm. and partners around the NCAA tournament um, that were only investing in men's sports are now investing in the women's basketball tournament. It's. It, I, I'll go back to it's time. It's finally here. And it's been under underestimated the value that women's sports brings to the table. So until we put it in uh, in non cluttered 
windows, like that Sunday mm-hmm. example that I gave you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw it. A great another example is the women's basketball national semifinals. They were on ESPN two for years and were doing blockbuster numbers, sold out. It's exactly what you want on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, overtime games. You know, the monster is defeated. You know, the mm-hmm. buzzer beaters mm-hmm. were outrating what was on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And so once again, go back into the office and say, look, you can't argue with these numbers. And so last year, we were way ahead of, of making that decision. We knew we were putting those games over on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And and so they, they did and they rated. And can you imagine last year if we, during the whole inequity, um, mm-hmm. debacle mm-hmm. if we said yeah the one and done national semifinals are over on uh, ESPN 2 and you know NBA regular seasons on one so we saw the value and made the switch um, but I think you know putting more sports on ABC has been also um, influential in in getting the ratings up and sponsors are, are looking it's the right thing to do come on right you know right. it's the right thing to do like I, I, you know, like I said, they're role model. Yeah, I can go through that whole list again, but I won't. Well, I think the other part that's going on in the in the content ecosystem that, to your point of timing, is the pro- proliferation of OTT and streaming. Right? It's almost like an endless. Before it was like the guardians of the gate. If you're not on ESPN or CBS, like you weren't getting mm-hmm. exposure. Um, and now through other means and other platforms and. OTT, there's just like a frothiness in the market for live content. But I'm curious because you are mm-hmm. the flag carrier. Mm-hmm. What are the data points, right? When you go on panels, when you're talking to brands, when you're talking to execs, when you're talking to media companies, what are some of your go-to bullet points, data points that you use to kind of say to to um, you know validate that point that you just said? Like, come on, it's time. Like, give me a couple well, like of those 40... points. Yeah, like forty percent of of um, participations in sport is is women, yet four only four percent get media attention. Mm. Um, so the the participation rates are are doubling down and, and going up as 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 fifty years of Title IX it should be. Um, I think social media is another um, outlet for um measurement mm-hmm. um so i i use i use the fact that a lot of uh women um are watching uh sports um i know that it's mostly dominated by men mm-hmm. men's sports but um they're coming to the they're coming out to watch women's sports and i think more um moms and dads um are demanding that they get mm-hmm. you know the, the coverage that their sons are getting uh, or nephews, et cetera. Um, there's, there's quite a few metrics. Um, I, I just don't have them handy right now. I yep. usually have them in front of me. So, you know, it's um, interesting out here, uh, I'm based in Chicago and in the Midwest. Um, I think many people who, uh, so if you look at the big 10 network and I know, you know, mm-hmm. this women's volleyball in the big 10, I mean, <sighs> every night sold out arenas, Ratings uh, for women's volleyball are now encroaching on men's basketball. It's the third most um, mm-hmm. popular behind college football and men's college basketball. Women's volleyball, in the, like on the Big Ten Network, is a goldmine. Like it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even like volleyball. I've never played it, but you can't not watch <laughs> a, a Nebraska right. volleyball game and be, mm-hmm. you know, turned on to like the excitement of it. Um, so it's it's not just 
basketball, right? We're seeing investment yeah. into right. women's lacrosse. And, and so as it relates to that, so here's the fun part, right? Money's starting okay. to evolve into women's sports. You know, uh, we're talking with Will Ventures and they just, you know, a funder in the new Just Women's Sports Company. You've got your venture with Women's Sports Network, the WNBA. If, if I were to give you um, free reigns on a billion-dollar SPAC, right, wow. to kind of say, okay, I believe in you, Carol. Go use this billion dollars to acquire or invest in women's sports to elevate the entire landscape. What are you doing with that? What's your approach? Ooh, well, I love what Women's Sports Network is doing first and foremost, and that's um, locking down a studio presence that will showcase women's sports highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be a daily studio show out of L.A. where we have athletes coming and going. Um, and I think that's key. So mm-hmm. I would definitely have um, a news outlet that not only just the, the highlights or the scores, but the storylines, the documentaries, um, I'd love to see, you know, 30 for 30, but, you know, mm-hmm. women's sports stories. Mm-hmm. There's so many, my mm-hmm. goodness, there's so many. I was watching a show last night on ABC for Black History Month, and they were, um, you know, talking about um, all these women that are producing fabulous documentaries that are black. And I'm like, dang, mm-hmm. you go, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thrilled to, to listen to that. Um, but, you know, Ideally, someday, way down the pike, I maybe we take women's out of it, and mm-hmm. can't we just have yep. sports network mm-hmm. with with equality mm-hmm. um, of sports? Um, I love I love one and done. I love brackets. Anything you can do mm-hmm. with a bracket mm-hmm. um, is is compelling. Um, I, you know, I love the fact that you can work with some of these uh, sport events um, and bodies and. You know, talk to them about changes that can enhance um, the delivery on on the screen. Um, love tennis. You know, you're seeing with Serena. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and, and, and you know, you look at tennis, and it's men's and women's together, mm-hmm. and it's working. I would say it's working pretty well. You know, the women get the same. You know, play on the same court as the men play on. Um, so I guess equality, and, and maybe and that's because I'm talking right. Yeah. Like- yeah, you know, God bless Billie Jean King and the, yeah. you know, talk about a, a story that's underreported, right? The group of nine and, and how mm-hmm. they they fought for, um, you know, equality decades ago. And it's, it's interesting to see kind of like with the U.S. women's soccer team and the NCAA debacle from last year, like those conversations bubbling up. I felt like kudos to tennis for from a financial perspective, figuring that out. Um but along that line, like, is there, is there, you always hear these sports, you know, coach metaphors of like, you know, pounding the brick and, you know, we're going to, you know, bring the hammer. And is there, is there a brick left before the dam breaks here on um, getting to the next level for, for women's sports in terms of, uh, to your point where we're, we're not looking at it from women, we're just looking at it as sports. And if so, what is it? Or is it more complicated than that? got to follow the money. Mm-hmm. I think everything comes down to money and sponsorship. Um, I am, you know, very concerned about NIL right now. Um, early indications are showing that um, men's football, or excuse me, football, I should mm-hmm. say men's, mm-hmm. football is mm-hmm. getting 
massive amounts of NIL deals. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to not just the quarterback or the running back, but to the whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then men's basketball, second with NIL, and then women's basketball. And I'm very concerned about that for um, for Title IX um, mm-hmm. because if a football team gets all of that, everyone on the team gets whatever, $500. Mm-hmm. Then who's to say that's it? They stop there. They can stop there. So, like, the soccer team, mm-hmm. you know, the women's soccer team, are they in the mix? So a little concerned about that. Um, but to answer your question, I think the more um, the more demand, um, and I think also that the, the – uh, the skill level is improving in women's sports, mm-hmm. and that means a lot. And you can't compare uh, the WNBA to the NBA. I think that's kind of held them back. It's mm-hmm. a different game. It's yeah. a below-the-rim game. It's yeah. not above the um, – so to be compared versus softball versus baseball. Yep. Softball's not compared to baseball like the basketballs are. Um, and – and thus, they're they're thriving. They're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, same with gymnastics. Um, you know, I, I I can't wait to see what comes out of these Winter Olympics in the next few days. Here, mm-hmm. maybe some major story will come up. Um, and then, you know, you got to follow the money though to answer your question. So, what advice to that point do you have uh, for content creators, brands, investors about the ROI of investing in women's sports? You're going to have to, um, you know, put some money down and, uh, you know, at first, it, who, who knows where it will go, but I firmly believe that it's time and mm-hmm. these stories are unbelievable and no one even knows them mm-hmm. um, and, and they're not the same. And I think that, that it's, it's, it's time, like, like the watching that show last night on ABC the fight that those actresses have been, you know, the fact that they're they're finally winning Academy Awards for years, that didn't happen. Um, I just feel as a society in the U.S., I would just hope that we can um, have equality mm-hmm. um, across the board, period, end of sentence. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, uh, and before I finish with one personal question, uh, mm-hmm. I've been following, and I'm sure you have too, like Drive to Survive on Netflix, and the profound mm-hmm. impact that has had on the business of Formula One racing. I mean, mm-hmm. the numbers on it are astronomical. It's become like, it's that series alone. Mm-hmm. Which, this is where, mm-hmm. to your point, and this is what you're mm-hmm. getting at, like creating, and this is what the Olympics is so good at, creating that human connection through storytelling and getting people to connect with the Diana Taurasi's, the 96 teams, mm-hmm. the, the current players, like that emotional connectivity, which that, to your point, you don't see women's highlights other than social media, mm-hmm. right? You don't see mm-hmm. long-form storytelling at near you do the men's rate. And that, it, it's proven. Like, the more stories that you get out, compelling stories about a subject matter, the more interest you garner. So, you know, I think that original programming component, I'm biased. You're probably biased on it. But mm-hmm. I actually think there's a lot of factual and anecdotal support to um, to kind of, and that's what you're getting at. Get these stories mm-hmm. out there. So, uh, mm-hmm. if you're out there and you're listening um, and you want to follow up, uh, look in the show notes, and we will uh, give all of Carol's, you know, contact best ways to contact Carol. She is the leading flag carrier, in my opinion, in in, in the entire globe on women's sports, and has done oh. more for 
women's sports than anyone that that I know. And so with that, though, on the personal side, um, you mentioned not sleeping or sleeping a little bit better. I'm curious <laughs> about your bedside book stand. What, what are you reading for fun these days, Carol? Well, uh, I, I, I do like... Um like historical biographies mm-hmm. of, of some sort. So um, I was lucky enough um, to receive a, a, a holiday gift from Billie Jean King, her book, All In, um, enjoying that uh, profusely. And then um, Michelle Obama, I was a little bit behind because I was working too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm so enjoying her story about becoming. Mm-hmm. And when when you read it, you can almost hear her voice. So those are the two that are next to the bed. Awesome. Well, Carol Stiff, uh, we thank you so much for joining us on thank this you. Um, podcast and the future of sports, and in particular, the future of women's sports. Um, very excited. Look forward to staying in touch, and, and thank you for joining the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.